Ghetto Bird Helicopters on the curb. Ghetto Bird Helicopters. That's gonna be the name of this. <laughs> Ghetto Bird Helicopters. That's what they that's they used to call that. That was the helicopter. Like the police helicopter whenever um like in the nineties, like nineties rap music. That that's where I learned it. That was a Tupac song. All of the ghetto bird helicopters on the curb. I guess on the curb was like the next line or whatever. I can't remember it. But uh, you, can you tell I was just listening to like, well, new rap. But I was thinking of like old, like 90s hip hop. Just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Just popped in my, because I, I was listening to like the new stuff. And there's one dude. Well, a few, but it's like this old, they're a new group. They're in their 30s, but like they're like old school street shit. And you can really like fantasize about like, uh, about being like a gangster a little bit. That's what you do when you're not really a, a, a gangster. You fantasize about it. That's what people do when they watch uh, Scorsese movies. Martin Scorsese, he makes nothing but gangster movies. Violence and 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 just corruption and and all of this. And then people get mad at a, at a twenty year old making a song. And then okay, so we're gonna need the blood to squirt out. He's little. He's a little. What's a little nerdy dude? Martin Scorsese, and then he makes these epic gangster movies, and everybody's like, he's such an artist. I mean, he is. Don't get me wrong. I love Goodfellas, and um, there was one that, what's the one that just came out that was like four hours or whatever, right? He wrote that. Can you believe he, maybe he didn't write it, but four hours not that much violence in it though, but some. Four damn hours, yo. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then a little rapper. The new cats are called uh it's a group called Griselda. And they on that they on that real they really on that street shit. And I love it. It's a cat. It's three dudes. One of them, he kind of has like a high voice, and he does that thing. There's always like one. Anytime there's a rap group, maybe that's for any group, but I feel like only in rap, there's there's one dude that's like a weirdo, kind of, and then another dude that's got like a debilitating physical ailment. And then another dude that's just regular, right? So uh, I grew up on the Ghetto Boys in Texas. And 
this year Halloween fell on the weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys went trick or treat, and they had three dudes. Well, they had a lot of dudes in Ghetto Boys, but at the time when I grew up, dang, they did have a lot of. They had a lot of Texas rappers. They filtered through Ghetto Boys, right? They had this. It was this company called Rap a Lot, right? If you read about this guy, he actually he just wrote a book. This guy named Jay Prince. He just wrote a book about how he, um how respect is so important for him. I mean, he's a gangster or whatever, but how respect is so important and why he always got respect from other people. But also, you know, any black, uh, any rapper that came up, they knew about Jay Prince because of his business acumen, right? Because Jay Prince, he and Master P followed this business model too. But Jay Prince, he got an 80-20 deal, which is, he takes 80% of any artist that he signs, he takes 80% and he needed distribution. That's what a lot of, a lot of, we don't have distribution. I mean, there wasn't the internet back then, so we got distribution now, but distribution is huge. So the 80-20 deal back in those days, in the early 80s, shit was huge, man. Huge. I'll get to, I'll get back to Griselda in a minute because I gotta I gotta break them down, Bec- but like I said, they, there's always one dude with a physical ailment, one dude that's kind of regular, and then one dude um, who's like something's wrong with him mentally, right? So for the Ghetto Boys, I'll break down Griselda right quick, and then I'll get back to the Ghetto Boys. Griselda, there's one guy named. Uh, uh oh what's his name shit let me look him up there's one guy named Conway the machine right Conway the machine he's he, to me he's number 2 in the group as far as lyricist but he got shot in the head and he his mouth is deformed to where it always it always looks like he's snarling. It's it's so weird to look at. But uh, West Side Gun, that's the first, the little guy. Okay, West Side Gun, actually he's kind of fat. West Side Gun, I come through the wall, wall hall, and I, he raps like that. Real slow, real deliberate. But it's a this his delivery is 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 funny, right? Conway the machine. First of all, how y'all doing? Let me get before I get deep into how y'all doing. Have a good week. Hopefully you're doing okay. I'm doing all right. This is what's on my mind. All right, welcome to read the room. This is what's on my mind. Okay, uh, Conway the machine is. I mean, he's number two to me. He's number two. Shot in the head. Still talking about gangster shit. If you got shot in the head, wouldn't you be like, yo, man, I'm going to chill on this whole, you know. I think I'm going to chill out on the gangster shit, guys. I think, I think I'm good. I th- I've learned my lesson. Conway the Machine, West Side Gun, and the last dude, my favorite of the three, is uh, this guy named Benny the Butcher. I know it's, a la- I know it's lame. I know it's a funny name, right? Benny the Butcher. 
they're all out of they're out of Buffalo, New York. And man, they rep that street shit. You need street rappers. You need it's a it's a genre of hip hop. Street. Hip hop is there's so many different genres of hip hop. You got the the goofy which is which has gone away completely. The goofy, funny, you know, uh Will Smith types. That shit is done. White dudes do that now. White dudes go on, uh, they make up fake rapper names. There's a dude named Froggy Fresh. Look up Froggy Fresh. I'll put a link t- in the description of this and uh, uh, to this podcast. Froggy Fresh, look him up. Little funny rapper on YouTube. Millions of views. Making making cash. Froggy Fresh. Little goofy white guy. What's his name? Uh, they don't. They don't have that anymore. There's emo rap. Emo rap, cause you know millennials are emotional. <laughs> emotional, but not really emotional. They're just more in tuned. There's a little bit of jealousy I have for it being able to to. Not being able to cry, but being able to tell somebody, "Hey, man, don't don't say that hurt my feelings." Like that's there's a lot of power in being able to tell somebody, "Hey, yo, man, I don't." Instead of saying, "Yo, man, I don't fuck with that," yeah, yeah, I don't. Fu-. Instead of saying that, you say, "Yo, man, I'd rather I'd appreciate if you didn't do that. It hurt my feelings." There's some power in that. I don't know, man. All right, let's go back to the ghetto boys. Ghetto Boys were, it was street shit, but it was also like, it was um, heady. I mean, but you had to, it's like ghetto philosophy a little bit. Like there was a lot of, uh, there was a message, but it was also like, yo, this is kind of, look, listen to, I'll put a link in the description. Listen to my mind's playing tricks on me. I know you've heard it. You probably heard it a million times. Oh, let's go. Let's go through the group, right? The last three. When I was when I was growing up, ninety. Uh, let me see, eighty-eight through ninety-six. Those those were my music years, right? The years where, you know, I went from. Uh, my parents didn't listen to any type of R and B. They didn't listen to any of any secular music, as they called it. They only listened to Christian, like Christian rock and gospel music. So they only listened to like Amy Grant, Bob Carlyle, and uh, Vince Gill, which is funny. I'll tell you a story about Vince Gill and, and Amy Grant later, but it's funny. <laughs> Bob Carlisle, butterfly kisses. I'll put a link uh, <laughs> so you can hear the real version, the better version. Um, <laughs> I'm jumping all over the place tonight, man. I'm just, I'm my mind is racing. I just, um, I was listening to Griselda in the car, and I was just getting... Like, I wasn't letting people over. I get real aggressive when I listen to that shit. 
I get real like, yeah, Nick, no, this is my lane, man. Oh, sorry. I get real hard, like hardcore, and then I remember like I cried when Optimus Prime died. So I, that brings me back. Anytime I get too hard for my like, I get I'm like I'm like, why am I being so? I'm I'm a I work for the government. I'm what I mean. Chill. I need to I need to chill. I say that to my come on, chill out. I turn the music down. You cried when. Uh, you cried when Henry had to uh they they took Henry to the hospital. I say that to myself on Punky Brewster. When Punky Brewster had to go into foster care, I cried. I'm I'm not I can't I'm no nowhere near gangster at all. I can defend myself, but I'm not I'm you know. So Okay. Ghetto boys. Here's part of my theory. Ready? Ghetto Boys in the 90s when I was listening to it Scarface one of one of my I want to say probably second second or third I'll give him second Texas rapper for me second behind Bun B Bun B Scarface and um uh uh, Pimp C, right? For me, out of Texas. That's just... Um, uh, Willie D. Willie D, funny enough, Willie D, he was like a boxer. He wasn't really a rapper, but he, he could rap. So he was in the Ghetto Boys. Hardcore rapper, too. I make big money. I drive big cars. Everybody knows me. It's like I'm a movie star, but late at night, something ain't right. I feel like being tailed by the same sucker's headlights. It was that 80s flow, man. That 80s flow. Willie D, regular rapper. He was okay, right? Scarface, next level. He got two verses on uh, Mine's Playing Tricks on Me. Two verses. At night I can't sleep. I toss and turn. I mean, two dope verses too, by the way. Last The last verse is by this dude named Bushwick Bill. Bushwick Bill was a midget. No joke, no lie. One of the hardest rap groups of the 90s. Had a little person in it, a dwarf. He was Jamaican, and at his this is this is how hardcore they were. He had a had a kid with this woman, right? And he he was also he was abusive. I mean, we can't get away from that. He's he was Jamaican. He's Jamaicans are argumentative, and he's a rapper too, abusive, right? And he's a little person, so he's got that thing going for him, right? She's a regular-sized woman. They get into an argument, right? And he, uh, uh, she grabs like a little, a gun, his his little, his, like a twenty-two, 
and she shoots him in the eye. On the, they go to the hospital. It's Bushwick Bill. He's got, I'll put a picture in the description. <laughs> I'm putting everything in the description this week. I'm, be, I'm being real detail-oriented, and I'll put it all in the description. I got to write down what I said. Get shot in the eye. They're going to the emergency room. Willie D, Scarface, that's their album cover. No lie, no lie, no. Dog, Look, it, you don't have to look it up. I'll put it in the description. I'll put a link to it. It's crazy. It's crazy. This year, Halloween fell on the weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys were trick-or-treating. Robbing little kids for bags. They did a music video for that shit. And you got you got to watch it. And 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 it, you really got to listen to rap music. I keep trying to tell people tell white people this. You got to listen to them. You got to listen to what they're saying, man. It's not it's if you listen to it on the surface, then yes. It it's not going to sound like you want it to. Cuz cuz black people don't do that. Black people don't do things to make you comfortable. Matter of fact, matter of fact, we sometimes we do stuff because we know it's gonna make you uncomfortable. The hat thing, turn like bending our brims, we don't bend our brims because we know that's anti it's anti-white movement. We do a lot of anti-white shit. Y'all don't pick up on it, but you ask us questions about it. Remember in the 90s? It's a black thing you wouldn't understand. What happened to that? I think we need to bring that shit back. It's a black thing. Anything that they're talking about, it's a black thing. It's just some shit to, that pisses off white people. You ever have a relationship with somebody that you kind of don't like? And it, I mean, I think a lot of marriages end up like are like that. A lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them. And you, but you know that that person doesn't like something, so you do it anyway. That's what we do sometimes. It's contentious, I know. But we like doing it. Sometimes we do shit because we know y'all don't like it. That's just what it is. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, Amy Grant. Amy Grant and Vince Gill. I didn't realize that they were married. Right? We We would listen to them on the way to church. On the way to church, sometimes we were, and then we got a little older and we were like, can we listen to gospel? We would rather listen to John P. Key and, uh, let me see, Yolanda Adams wasn't around yet. Yolanda Adams, what's the guy that we see? Kirk Franklin, not yet. Almost, he was almost there, right? And then there was a guy named, uh, what was his name? Donnie McClurkin. We fall down, but we get up. He had a song, and I used to almost cry every time I heard that song. It it was just too good. It was uh, but I mean, that that it was really like. There's a song that I'm that I listen to every now and then, by Marvin Sapp called um never would have made it without you Woo! 
Never would have made it. But at the time, at the time, uh, Shirley Caesar, my mom, would get these. It was an album. Remember when, like, you would get, like, a whole thing and it would come on tape and it would be, like, 17 tapes? It was never, like, an even number. It was always, like, 17. And then the last tape had, like, 15 minutes on it, right? She got this thing uh, called, she did a sermon called Hold My Mule. And it was about a farmer, and he had these crops, and uh, uh, these people came, I think these people came, and he wanted to let them know that, you know, look, you can't take my farm. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. That's where that shit comes from. I heard that shit when I was like eight, nine years old. I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, you name it. And everybody, because she built it up so much, everybody was going crazy in that church service. It was, I was like, it, it was a, it was a church service in like Houston or something, Dallas. Everybody was going crazy, and that meme. When I heard that meme, I was like, Shirley Caesar, I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, yams, bam, you name it. All of that shit is coming back. It's so funny to me. But Donnie McClurkin. Uh, but when I was younger, we would listen to a lot of like white people, Christian rock. <laughs> Amy Grant, baby, baby, okay. Amy Grant, baby, baby, Vince Gill. I don't remember any of his songs, but. So I get older, I get older, join the army, I come to D.C., I'm working in D.C., uh, uh, I'm working at the White House, and we would do what's called an in-towner, right? An in-towner is when the president would leave the White House, but go to, I mean, sometimes they would just go get something to eat. But a lot of times they would leave the White House and go to a fundraiser at somebody's house, right? Or they would go to an event in D.C., you know, the National Building Museum or something like that, right? So, and I've seen a few people there, actually. I saw, um, what's the guy's name? Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. I saw them there one time, uh, just backstage, just hanging out. And... Um, so, one of these in-towners, uh, I remember because I, I, if it was an event, I used to hate them because you had to get a tux. So, the way the way that we had it set up, we got, like, they would rent our tuxes from, like, a local store. So, like, if I go to a store in D.C., if it's still there... It's a store. It's called, you know what? It's called uh, Soros. If I go to that store, they have my measurements for a tux. 
because they would rent our tuxes. They would go, hey, you got an in-towner, so we got to figure out. And then earlier that day, we'd have to go get the tuxes. Like, we'd have to go pick them up. We'd take, like, a van, go pick them up, and then carry them all in, like everybody's tuxes. And I realized, yo, I got to wear, I wear my shoes. If I'm doing an in-towner, I got to bring, I got to wear black shoes because the shoes for the tuxes never fit right. They were slippery and shit. I mean, I think he upgraded at some point to what's called uh, chloroframs, like these really shiny shoes. Anybody in the military like that that has a their dress uniform on, they're wearing chloroframs. They're real shiny. Anyway, so I would – actually, I wore my chloroframs. That's what I wore, <laughs> my chloroframs. Anyway, so I would go – I went to this in-towner one night in my stupid tux – and I had to put, I put on the cummerbund. I didn't I didn't wear the cummerbund. I was like, I'm going. I'm just I'm just one night thing. I'm not wearing the cummerbund. Fuck it. And I would wear my little my little uh, uh, clip on bow tie or whatever. Amy Grant and Vince Gill didn't know they were married. Arguing. Arguing. And they're on this platform. For some reason, we had to get up on a platform to, I know why, we had to get up on, on this, this was, it's called a riser. Anytime you look at like press where the cameras are, they're on risers, which means they're up high so they can shoot, so they can record the, the person speaking, right? Like get an eye level shot of that person, but above everybody's heads, right? So... We had to get on this riser because there was like a, so we called it a throw, how far it is from the, from the riser. It was like a 75-foot throw. It was ridiculous. Inside a building at night. And there's all these people, they're out there. It's like a ballroom. They're like dancing and eating, you know, steak min- filet mignon and all that shit. Wine all over the place. Vince Gill, Amy Grant, they're like... They're like on the riser. And they're like in the way and shit. They're like, oh, I'm like, hey, excuse me. Excuse me. And they and Vince looks at me. You can tell like they're, he looks at me and they kind of, they do the thing and they kind of move a little bit. And I say, and I look at Amy, Amy Grant, and I'm like, excuse I show her the camera, which was this giant digital beta cam. And she's and she's like, we gotta get we gotta get out of the way. They're setting up. And they go, Well, let's come over here. And then they leave. He's got an accent, right? And I'm like, that's fucking Amy Grant and Vince Gill. Anyway, let me get back to the like that's how focused I was on getting the <laughs> I, people I've been listening to most of my life. And I'm like, can you get the can you get out out of the way? You <laughs> Christian rock legends, can you move, please? So <clears throat> get up on the riser, I get the shot, and uh, you know, we go back to the to the go back to the White House and change back into our clothes and then we go home and we get up again the next day for another adventure. But 
<clears throat> I don't think I've seen any. What's funny is working out all out of all of the people that I've seen. I mean, I've seen. Um, I mean, I've been in people's houses. I saw the guy from one of my, like my my favorite movie. This movie called Boomerang. I saw the guy. I saw Nasty Nelson at the White House. Nasty Nelson, the guy that was the the um. He did Seven Up, I think. Uh uh, he had that real deep voice. What's his name? He passed away recently, though, a couple years ago. Black dude, but look, bald headed. What's his name? Jeffrey Holder. That's his name. Big old dude, six. He was, he looked kind of, you know, out of it a little bit. It was late at night. It was another event where I had on a stupid tux. Actually, you know what it might be? I have a picture on my Facebook page where I'm in a tux and I'm looking off to the distance. Like, it was probably that night. That was a 13-hour day that we did where you set up events all day and then you go back to your – we went back to our office, changed into our tuxes. At some point, I think someone had to go pick up the tuxes. So – I think I would always volunteer to do that instead of setting up. But we we would leave, set up all the events, come back, and then go and get ready for the events at night. I don't know what was happening. I think there was a – it may have been some state – it, it couldn't have been a state dinner. But those are the worst. But, yeah, I saw Jeffrey Holder at the White House once. Um. The first per- the first person I saw was uh, Tom Hanks when I first got there. Like the next, day- no, it wasn't the second person I saw. The first person I saw, this is so crazy. I went to. Uh, they said, "Okay, where well, you're going to be going into events that are close hold, meaning there's not going to be published, there's not going to be press there, and there's going to be like nobody." Uh, nobody in there but you and the president sometimes. And can you handle that? And I was like, no, in my head. But I was, of course, I was like, yes. I was 21. The first one we did was a, it was a retirement, but it was also like a introduction into like political, the political realm. And what was so funny, okay, so it was a guy, his name was uh, Kevin Johnson. And he played for the Phoenix Suns, right? And he was fantastic, a fantastic guard, right? He uh, uh, he retired, and he was meeting with uh, Bill Clinton. Like in the in the Oval Office, that was my first official event, and I just did. What you do is, you bring a camera in there, and then there was an audio person there to catch any you know, any, any audio. Um, that the camera can't get because you know the cameras might be further away, but you have a boom mic, so you get the boom mic closer, 
and then you have a mixer or whatever and you record it that way. So <laughs> I would I went in there and I was first of all you you have to wait outside the oval office, right? And uh there's a there's a holding area and then there's the office area and then you and then there's the oval office area, right? I'm hope hopefully I'm describing this just uh weird enough so you won't understand exactly what I mean. Anyway. So when we would get the word, we would go go into the office area like the right outside the oval and then we would go in. And um I was like it's Kevin Johnson. And he's meeting, he talks to him for a second, and then it's kind of like, it's just a quick photo op, basically, right? The White House photographer's in there, um, and we just leave. They just wanted to get it on on tape. Clinton was good about that. Clinton was good about getting stuff on tape, uh, just because. Uh, things changed, of course, when Bush got in office, because uh, he didn't want a lot of a lot of the people he was meeting, he didn't want on tape. Um, but I saw, uh, when I saw Tom Hanks, I didn't realize he was 6'3". I didn't realize he was so tall. But it was on a Saturday. There was a Saturday event. I don't know why we were there. And they were they were doing something. Of course, it was some charity or whatever. But, man, I went to, like open that door there's a door going into the room that they're going to be in right they said okay we want you to get a little bit of tom hanks the president won't be there nobody like no but we want you to get tom hanks just get him while you know shoot him while he's in there and it was in the uh i want to say it was the blue room because i remember windows behind him so the white house state floor is set up like one end of it Think of like a gigantic call. You've seen the president walk up to the podium from the other end of the floor. Okay, the other end is the state is the state dining room. Okay? State dining room, you got the grand foyer as they call that, right? That's where if you've ever seen Wonder Woman 84, that's the grand foyer where they had that fight, right? So in between the state dining room and the east room, like if you're walking from the state dining room to the east room on your right, you're passing the red room, the blue room, and the green room, right? And the blue room has an exit. It's like out through the wall, and that leads out into the, um, the like it overlooks the uh, south lawn, right? Or south portico, as they call it. Uh, South Lawn is further down. Anyway, <clears throat> usually in the blue room, if there's like a reception or whatever, or if there's something going on, they get people in the blue room because that's the biggest room of the three of the blue, green, and red, right? Um, the green room is closer to the east room. The red room is closer to the state dining room. Um, we were in the blue room, and... Hey, can you go in here and get and get the video of um uh Tom X? I'm in there, I'm with my boss, 
and uh, she is she's like I'll do audio you do video and I'm trying to get it up like get up the <laughs> and cause he's tall as hell and there's people in there and they're all taller than me so I got like a little snippet of it of him in there it wasn't good it was probably out of focus and they said alright everybody out get out so they kicked us out and we come out of the blue room into the grand like the grand hall like the, the where the big red carpet is and there's an exit. We don't go out of the front door. Like, we don't go out of the North Portico into the, you know, we go down the other way. Near the state dining room, there's, a, like, a secret door where you can take a, take the stairs to go downstairs and go over across the street. Or you can just uh, uh, take the elevator down. So we're trying to get to the stairs. And when I tell you, actually, the painting that's right next to that door is John F. Kennedy. Okay. As I'm trying to go down that stores, trying to go down those doors, I'm holding like a tripod and a camera. And when I tell you, I'm not familiar with the doors yet. When I tell you, like I open the door and it swung open so fast it cracked my tripod and it was so loud in that hall. There's a White House curator and you may have seen him in documentaries. His name is Gary Walters. He's he's a nice guy, but he didn't know me yet, right? Real nice guy, but real strict. And when he heard that crack, he <laughs> he came out and the 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 crazy thing about Gary Walters is his eyebrows I, I can't I've I've never seen eyebrows like this. I've never seen a human being have eyebrows like this. It they're in they're incredible. They're they it, they look like you know, he looks like he has grasshoppers on his eyes. He looks like he has crickets like a big like locust on his on his eyebrows those are his eyebrows and they're sticking up like why would you why would you walk around you're you're the curator at the oldest living museum why wouldn't why wouldn't you just just touch tap it on the tongue and then smooth it down no 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 and he's on TV with them. I see him every now and then. They talk about him. I've seen him in documentaries about the because uh, he picks the turkey for the uh, the turkey thing. He picks the turkey that gets get, that gets pardoned at Thanksgiving. I'm like, smooth them, smooth them down. Why why are they up like that? It's ridiculous. He came up to me and those eyebrows started talking, and he was like, hey, "You be careful with these doors, buddy." And my boss, <laughs> bless her heart, she's actually, she's actually my drill sergeant. She was my drill sergeant when I was in the army. She was my drill sergeant from when I was eighteen, and then she was my supervisor when I was twenty-one at the White House. And we, I still talk to her. She's a personal trainer, 
I still talk to her on Facebook from time to time. I'll put a link to her. <laughs> I'll put a link to her bodybuilding because uh, <laughs> he's a bodybuilder too. So that's my drill sergeant from when I was 18, 18, 19. And she was like, oh, no, Walter. He's Gary, he's fine. He just, yo, he, oh, is he? Is he, Robin? Is he okay? Because sheesh. And he just walked away. And Robin, <laughs> Robin was like, dude, you're making an impression. <laughs> Your first day. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't know how I got from rap music to, um, to there, but um, I got a few things coming up. Actually, I got a uh, I got a show this Saturday at uh, Underground Comedy. I'll put a link to the description. I'll put a link in the description. Um, I also have a speechless. Speechless will be live though, so I'm gonna do that show live. I don't think I'm even performing on that one. I'll, I'll, if I remember, I'll put it in the description. <laughs> I'll put everything in the description just for you guys to peruse through. Um, check me out on Instagram. I have a uh, YouTube channel as well. I'm going to start doing a lot more uh, intricate, interesting things on YouTube. Check it out. Tim Miller Comedy on YouTube. Uh, hope you guys are doing good. Everybody's safe. Staying inside if you need to. You know, getting some air when you need to as well. And uh, I'll talk to you guys another time. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>